Good day, good day. Welcome to Sunday with Eve. Today we have Charity, the doula bean. She's a black maternal infant care advocate and she deals with the full spectrum of doula. Now, one thing about Ms. Charity is this. She is one considerate, happy, assertive, resourceful, innovative, and tenacious, and not to mention youthful queen. So today we are so blessed to have something that we do not very see often in our communities. And I'm about to hand over the mic to Miss Charity Bean. So please, Ms. Bean, tell us a little something about yourself. Thank you so much for that phenomenal introduction. Um, as, you, as you said, my name is Charity, uh, better known as Doula Bean. I am a full spectrum doula. I was trained at Jamal Birth Village uh, in Ferguson, Missouri, which is a black owned uh, doula training, as well as now a midwifery clinic and working into owning a birthing house as well. So just a phenomenal training, which totally changed my life. Uh, I do own my own business here in Belleville, Illinois, uh, Doula Bean Maternal Care, LLC. And with that, I am looking to change the narrative. I want to educate, advocate, support, and empower all families, but mostly focus on families of color so that we can have better birth outcomes, um, get, making sure we have the knowledge we need and deserve throughout the pregnancy uh, process, as well as into childbirth and even into the postpartum period. I'm an advocate for Black Lives Matter as well as a huge advocate for Black maternal and infant uh, mortality. So that's my goal to defeat that crisis that is plaguing us as Black women across the United States. Wow. So just a little bit, because some of our listeners, you know, we have a very wide spectrum of age that listen. Now, is there any difference between a doula and a midwife? And if there is, could you kind of share that? For the listeners? Absolutely. Um, the biggest difference between a doula and a midwife is doulas do not deliver babies. So I am not trained to deliver your baby. That's not what we're supposed to do. However, we're supposed to, uh, again, we're like, as I like to say, like your, what we say, your fairy birth godmother. Like we're there with you for support that um, knowledge that we bring um, as working a part of your birth team. So rather you have a midwife or rather you have an obstetrician, um, we're there to help empower this birth, help you make decisions for yourself. Um, again, providing that knowledge so that you know what informed decisions you have. So it's a big difference between informed consent and informed choice, you know, knowing what choices I have to make this better for me, as well as trusting your body and trusting your knowledge and bringing especially families together, especially Black families, so we can have that love, that support, and kind of break those generational curses that have led us to the point of contributing, even ourselves contributing to our deaths during uh, childbirth and thereafter. Thank you so much. Oh, there is very enlightening because, you know, we've all Thank heard you. about the midwives. And again, you know, um, you know, doula is the, you know, the buzzword. You're hearing more and more about it. So mm -hmm. um, definitely I salute you, uh, my sister, for being out there and doing it because you're right. The statistics, statistics does not look well for women of color. And the fact that you're passionate about this, definitely, you know, bravo Zulu. Hey, you got a cheerleader here. So thank you. you <laughs> so you've been informed, you know, the whole basis of what Eve Destiny is. Yes. Now, my question to you is, what Eve journey would you like to share with the listeners today? 
Um, I actually would like to share um, just a bit about my life, honestly. Um, I myself was a teen mother. Um, I got pregnant in high school my senior year. Literally, uh, probably a week after I turned 18, there was like an ice storm of 2006. And I was stuck at my uh, son's father's house, who was my boyfriend at the time. And as teenagers, there was literally nothing else to do. So yeah, uh, the following month, um, <laughs> uh, my coworker and I, my job at Shukon was shared a locker and our periods were in sync. And I just remember one day we were at work and I, she was going and she grabbed the uh, tampon. I was like, uh, it's that time? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, she's like, but I'm about to come off. I was like, oh God. So <laughs> sure enough, um, <laughs> sure enough, I went to Kmart that night, grabbed the test, went to his house and uh, took the test and instantly blew. So two lines. Um, I became a teen mom and uh, I was pregnant. I was high. I hid it throughout the rest of the senior because that was January and we graduated that May. And so I hid it from like peers and uh, other people, but like my family and close friends knew. And funny thing about it, like the football coaches who I was super close with at school knew. It, I think I was like, I came up the steps one day and I got really winded. And I just remember like all of them were in the hall, like watching everybody come upstairs. And then one just looked at me, I think Mr. Holcomb, he was like, Bean, no, no. I was like, <laughs> so um, with that being said, uh, I was pregnant and honestly, I didn't even know myself yet. And so even though I think everything I knew at the time was, oh, you're pregnant, you go have a baby, you know, from just watching my aunts, my mom, you know, everybody I've been around as women, you're pregnant, you have a baby, that's kind of it, right? Nobody told me the ins and out of it. Nobody told me what to expect from pregnancy. Uh, nobody taught me about birth and what it was going to be like other than those fears of, contractions and all these things let alone nobody told me what it would be like to be 18 years old and have a baby and not even know yourself I didn't realize I didn't even know who I was yet and so with that being said I'm literally here having a baby uh I had a baby and so let alone with postpartum depression that I went through and didn't even realize it I'm trying to raise a person a little person to be a person and get character, you know, all these things that go into it and I have no clue who I am. So with mm. that being, that was like the biggest thing and now that I reflect on it, you know, and I think about it more and more, it was literally like, again, us as black people, we're always doing in survival mode. You know, I did the, what I saw, the basics, you know, and I just operated through my pains, my struggles, my issues with postpartum and my issues with his dad and all these things. I just operated through them and put it on my back and just kind of navigate, you know, settled for jobs, just to have a job, um, not even knowing my full potential. And it took for me to kind of, I stumbled into the medical field because I just wanted a, a job Monday through Friday with good hours so I could put my son in daycare and receive chassis. So that's even how I stumbled into getting into med to the medical field, but only to find out while working there and, you know, being a part of and observing, oh, wow, I can do this because I had no clue that this was even something I was interested in, let alone, I literally knew nothing about what I wanted to do other than just thinking all I was supposed to do was work, pay bills and survive. So wow. um, I went, yeah, that, that, that's pretty much what my story is, you know, about being a young black mother, um, feeling like a statistic, uh, trying to figure out life, navigate and figure out who I am all while raising a child. But you are blessed enough to, to have the support of your family, correct? 
Correct. I did. I will say the blessing in that my mom and dad, although slightly disappointed, they were have always been here. Um, they were part of the birth. Um, they've been in my son's life all his life. He's literally like their third child. So <laughs> um, that's the beauty and bliss because a lot of people don't get that as a teen mom. So I can say having my parents and my family support, like whether it was financially or helping with, you know, sometimes watching him or giving me a break, but more so that that financial support when I was struggling and trying to figure it out, having them be there, like, don't worry, whatever he needs or you need, that's why we're here. We're going to help you. Oh, wow. That is amazing. Now, having gone through that, because you've heard so many horror stories where, you know, young girls were put out the house, you know, some beaten, um, some forced to have abortions. Um, Yes. Having heard that Eve journey, um, when and how was that Eve necessary for your destiny? You know, you being that, that teen mom, you know, mm-hmm. how do you think that kind of kind of kind of catapult to the to where you're at right now? Was it? Do you think that experience, knowing how you felt, especially in the areas of mental health, because it's very taboo in the black community, even today, Absolutely. but more and more we're realizing it's okay to talk to a therapist, it's okay to talk outside the house, vice keeping it inside the house. Um, mm-hmm. How do you feel that that e journey? Um, was necessary for your destiny to I believe, I believe that I had to be broken to be built into the woman I was supposed to be. Um, I would probably say I'm one of God's most hard-headed children, you know, uh, where it's mm-hmm. like, you gotta, you can, you can show me all day, left, 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 left. And I'm like, oh, but look at this over to the right, you know, um, I'm gonna see what that is. So honestly, with that, I believe I had to go through the struggles I went through. And even speaking of which, so I, I'd had an abortion the year prior, same father, we'd been together since I was 15 when I met him, you know, and um, like high school sweethearts all up and throughout, you know, that time. So actually the same time, around the same time the year prior, I got pregnant found out about it but that time my parents were like you're only 17 I literally had just turned 17 they were like you're not having a baby you know this is what we're going to do you know I don't you guys don't aren't going to be together forever let's reality you know it wasn't like I didn't really have a choice in the matter but they didn't like you know throw it over my beat it into my head like this is what you're going to do right I just was like okay well fine that's what we're doing and only to turn around literally and get pregnant around the same time that year again right after I turned 18 so then to turn around this this time my mom's like no we're not doing that again I didn't believe in it in the first place but now you know you you're having this baby and this is what we're you're going to be a parent charity and so to go through that and then go through the ups and downs the struggles the heartbreak you know break thinking you're going to be with someone forever because you know society paints this love story and that's not what it was because I didn't know myself, neither did he know himself, and we weren't compatible, you know, to know that now in adulthood, we spent so much time together, like seven years of arguing, bickering, just terrible, you know, not even the most positive um, atmosphere for a child. And then again, I'm still powering through all these things while trying to be financially stable and not knowing what I want to do with myself in the career. So when I really, really finally broke down, like going, trying to go back and forth to school and constantly, when I decided I wanted to become a nurse and constantly having hurdles come in my way that are stopping me from being able to do so, 
um, it broke me down. It was, I was depressed. Um, in 2017, I contemplated suicide. Like I was just like, I can't do this anymore. I'm so tired of always being knocked down when I get ahead and feeling like I had no one to talk to because as much as I love my mother, my mom is one of those, oh, it's gonna be okay. You're a strong black woman. You know, we don't do that. We'll be fine. And so like, I just didn't feel like I had anybody to talk to. And I, I, my dad is like my hero. And I just felt like I would disappoint. I was a disappointment. So all these things like just going around in my head and like I said, I just really had to be broken. I'm glad I didn't make that decision. And I didn't because I just love, I looked at my son and I didn't want to put that kind of trauma in him for him to have to go through life and say, oh, my mother, you know, took her life, you know? So those are the things when I got my lowest point, I started researching and researching and just getting more into birth work and just understanding what I wanted to do and like, then I stumbled across what doulas were, did more research, and that's how I found the training. And going into that training and having my entire life changed by being empowered as a Black woman, finding out things about our history and who we are that I feel like it was always in me, something special, like something's in me. I don't know how to explain it. You know, I don't know why I feel this way, why I feel I have this gift that I don't know how to how to express it. Mm-hmm. And then, and then of course, like I say, it happened. I found it. I got that training and that was the best four days of my life. And I've been empowered ever since. I will forever say that my training to become a doula saved my life. That's amazing. Now, the question that we all dealt with growing up, knowing what you know now, (laughs) what would you have done differently? Knowing what you know now, what would you have done differently, Charity? Knowing what I know now, I would have... things I wish would have been done differently. I wish I would have talked to my parents more about my struggles. Like even in school, when I found myself disinterested and I was just there, just kind of breezing by, um, exploring other options like college or, you know, career-wise, what I wanted to do. I just really had that mind frame of, oh, you graduate school, you get a job, you're fine. Because I was like, I ain't going to college. I don't want to do that. That's a waste of time in my mind. Um, also, um, I don't regret my son, so I wouldn't say I would never even say take take anything back with having him because if it wasn't for him, I would not be doula being today. You know, I had to go through the experience of pregnancy and childbirth and see, you know, what it feels like to be treated as a young statistic as a mom and see how people judge you and look down on you. And luckily for me, I've always been such an assertive person. My birth went well, but it's so many different things I could now that I know what I know, like with the toasting things or getting up, moving around that I would have did differently, but otherwise I was just firm when they were like, oh, we're going to turn you this way. I'm like, absolutely not. You know, I just have an attitude when I'm in pain, <laughs> but different, <laughs> I do when I'm in pain, but you just leave me alone. So um, otherwise I would honestly say the only things I would change would be believing in myself more, um, actually talking to my parents, maybe could have got some help in school, realizing that I had like ADHD. That's why I wasn't as successful as I could be and applied myself more. And it would have kind of helped me um, figure out, oh, I could do this with college. I don't have to go to a four-year. I don't have to do that. Just different things that would have helped me establish the career maybe a little sooner or made it a little easier than always, you know, getting knocked upside the head. But it's life. And I feel like I had to go through it so I could tell others how to navigate life through this. And don't, I was, I tell everybody, learn from my mistakes. Let me tell you what to do now since I learned this process easier rather than do what I did and, uh, you know, get knocked down and discouraged. Okay, all right. So now I'm gonna ask this question. This next question is kind of lightened 
Um, some people may ask like, wow, I never, I would have never thought of that. Um, if that Eve was a movie or a song, what would it be and why? That one was so tough. I'm really, ah, what would it be? Uh, honestly, for me, I think it'd probably be Mariah Carey. I don't know if you remember that song, Make It Happen. It's like from the oh. 90s. They're like, if you believe in yourself, if you all praise to the Lord, you can make it happen. That's like really one of my, that's one of my most inspirations. Either that, Make It Happen, or Nipsey Hussle, um, who's one of my favorite uh, rappers and humanitarian sky rest your soul, uh, Hustle and Motivate. Okay. Okay. Now, of course, me and my seasoned years um, didn't quite get on the on the, um, the the Nipsey hustle um, <laughs> tip, <laughs> but I am going to look that up. Thank goodness for technology. So I'm going to listen. I'm going to look it up and listen to that song because that you. is that is amazing. Wow. Okay. He, he's one of my inspirations. Right yes, here. And rest in heaven rest in peace nipsey russell okay i know he passed away yes. and got shot i do know that part so yes okay. ma'am. oh my goodness all right so now we know what you um would do differently but what would you tell your younger eve my younger eve i would tell her it's gonna be okay and i would also tell her you don't always have to be the strong one I believe that's exactly what I would tell her because for so long, I feel like all my life, I've always been the strong one, the one everybody has comes to, you know, with their problems or want to talk it out or like everybody looks to me to fix things. And mm -hmm. I think it just made me feel like I was not allowed to show emotion. Like, well, I can have emotion, but like if it to break down, I wasn't allowed to break down is how I felt. And I think that's what led to so much stress and depression. And when I finally broke down, it was, it was bad. You know, it was really, really rough. So I would tell my younger self, you don't always have to be the strong one. And it's okay to say, hey, I need help. Because I personally feel like the strength comes in admitting that you need the help. Exactly. I don't think that's a sign of weakness. I think that's truly strength and courage. You know, it takes, especially with our upbringings and how we're raised, you know, we're, we're mm -hmm. raised. And I think this comes from generations where we are to hold it in. We're not allowed to have a bad day. We suck it up. Mm -hmm. If you're going to cry, you cry in the bathroom in the closet. Nobody needs yes. to be whimpering, you know. And because of that, it makes it somewhat hard for us to even navigate in this world because we're constantly having to wear basically a mask. Yes, yeah, it really does. Check with everything, and it's very difficult. Yeah, I like to call it that strong black woman syndrome. Honestly, I now that I've gone through it, I've gone through. It, I'll tell anybody listening, that's killing us. That's the most toxic thing that known to black women. Strong black women, you're strong. I'm, we don't always have to be so resilient. And again, it literally goes back to the day we touched this land. You know, we've always just had to bear through it be strong throw it on your back keep operating act like it's not bothering you because you have to mentally go someplace to survive in this world and I don't I don't want to do that anymore and I want to make sure everybody generations behind me my generation generation on up it's okay to not be okay but what are you going to do now that we know you aren't okay so let's exactly. let's talk about it you know that's how I feel 
Wow. Now, of course, you know, I had to bring up the pandemic. Okay. Yes. Um, we, it was supposed to be a 90 day thing and we we're kind of going to year three, looks like it. Right. Um, uh-huh. How have you navigated through this pandemic, knowing the uncertainties of what tomorrow brings? People are still having um, sex. People still having babies. Oh yeah. <laughs> this is these COVID moment. babies, these COVID babies are smart. I got a, my granddaughter be two <laughs> next month. And she is smart as a whip. And I'm not because she's my grandchild, but the stuff she does blows my mind. I'm like, where did she even get that? How did she even, yeah. how she was able to conceive, you know, to think on that level? So how have you been navigating through this pandemic in your life? I think, I think these babies actually come out knowing how to work iPads and iPhones. I'm like, wow, <laughs> is something in the placenta that I missed? Uh, <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> I, they are but um the way I did it which is it's kind of funny so I became a certified doula November of 2019 um so here comes the pandemic March of 2020 boom stand still like I'm just about to get started I'm ready to jump out there start really taking clients and running as a business and boom we're not allowed in the hospital I'm like well what the heck so it launched me into I'm glad it set me down because it, it helped me think and it also helped me think outside the box and it launched um, it launched new realms for me because I was able to do something called vir- the virtual care. And although it's not the same as me being present and hands-on, so many people were terrified and needed help. So in my doula service, it actually broadened my horizon. And I had more clients out of the state of Illinois, even a client in France, the one in my services, and yes, wow. just launching that virtual. Yes, I have a, a baby girl in France, my doula baby girl. That's the furthest I've reached with my services, which is phenomenal. So, you know, to trust me of all people, I'm like, me? What You found me and you, wow, okay, you know. Mm. That was just like one of the most, uh, the, one of the biggest honors I think I've ever had. Well, I ain't gonna say ever, but that's so far, that's one of the biggest honors in my doula career. And then also because I work in the medical field as a, uh, tech in labor and delivery when at the time um my mind frame has always helped the patients and help the people and like for to me I feel like that's something we signed up for this uh, oath that we I took saying that I was going to help the sick the well you know the uh the those in need I really took that serious and so for me I as even though I was afraid sometimes I didn't let it stop me from giving the best care I possibly could because I felt these women and these families needed me. Yes. Wow. So have there, so is it true that there are more babies now being born than in the past three years with this pandemic? I mean, I can say from the hospital that I actually was even employed in, wow we you know most people know we have like those busy seasons of labor where you know when it's going to be like busy from like I think we used to say our busy season probably started like August September through October November we'd have a good chunk of we know we're going to be busy it's been nonstop because people had nothing to do now but have sex because you can kind of plan it like you know you plan around the holiday like we know around Valentine's Day we, that's why we say November, we're going to be busy because a lot of people get pregnant in February, you know, uh, Christmas, <laughs> stuff like that. Like when you go around those holidays, those major holidays of Thanksgiving, Christmas, you know, when you spend a little more time at home, New Year's, getting into those, that's how we plan the, the nine to 10 month period of when we're going to be the busiest. Not at all. 
it's been nonstop. You will have maybe a day or two of peace and then that, 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 back to back to back to back to back. And they're also a lot more preterm labor, a lot more sickness, uh, pregnancy complications that have arisen with COVID too um, at an all time high, especially in the area I'm in because we weren't necessarily a high risk hospital. But what can you do when that's what the population has developed? Wow. Well, thank goodness during the pandemic, um, things did work out favorable for you. And it also gave you a, another niche that you could tap into that you probably would have not thought about, you know, because it kind of yeah. forced everyone to do things from a virtual perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's amazing. That's awesome. So I'm, I'm just curious to hear, you know, how far you really go with this and, um, you know, to see how many lives you can touch outside the United States because there is definitely a need for that. So we're coming to the end of this interview. And my very last question is this. Yes, ma'am. What pearls of wisdom can you share with our listeners? I love it, pearls of wisdom. Um, My favorite tagline, of course, I always say, my line is, um, get you you a doula, sis. Um, Anybody who is expecting, whether it's your first time, third time, eighth time around the block, if you are having a baby or even planning to have a baby, invest in your pregnancy. Um, look into hiring a educated doula that could be a part of your uh, a part of your pregnancy journey, as well as your birth and into your postpartum. We really do save lives and make a difference. The impact we have, I'm glad the world is now waking up to it in hindsight with this pandemic. But having having a doula really can change your entire birth experience and having the right doula let me put it like that I don't want to say just any doula because it all depends like but having get a doula um get that support rather it's it does have to be you you know a friend a daughter anybody who's expecting their child tell them to invest in getting a doula so that they can have an entire birth team and have all the support and that nothing gets missed here let's let's help contribute to saving lives and keeping black bodies safe. Oh, thank you so much. So you listeners out there, you heard it firsthand from the doula, Charity Bean, okay? (laughs) Invest in your pregnancy, people. And I mean, some of us who are probably not thinking about getting pregnant anymore, but at least share the information to the young women, young couples out there to let them know that, hey, you know, this is something, it's an investment. We invest in everything yes. else, the latest shoes and purses that come out, even if it's some fancy hair. So take that same <laughs> energy and invest it with your pregnancy. Again, Absolutely. an awesome interview. Thank you so much for taking your time with us, Ms. Bean. Um, Thank you. We, we look to hear more of, of what's coming ahead with you. Um, hope, hope you get some merchandise and put it out there. So. I, so people can wear their t-shirts and say like, hey, I know a doula and have your little name on there. You know, <laughs> thank so, you. something to think about, something to think about. That's, that's definitely something I'm working <laughs> on. I love, I can't wait to get more. Of yes, doula definitely. And doula bean products, yes, ma'am. Yes, yes. So with that being said, this is Andrea Baker here, the host with Sundays with Eve and the I'm just, I feel so blessed just having this conversation with her, how she basically, you know, a young mother and that didn't stop her. She kept her head up high. She strived for her goals. 
Um, and with that, she's raising a young, young black male to, to deal with this world and she's saving lives, you know? So with that being sis, like I always say, you keep that crown straight queen, okay? Keep it Thank straight. You. And for you listeners out there, if you see a fellow sister and her crown is tilting a little bit, you have a duty, a duty and obligation to walk up to her, help her straighten it out and send her on her way. So again, truly, it was a blessing. It was definitely an honor. And again, thank you all for listening to Eve's Destiny podcast. And again, many blessings. And I am Andrea Baker and I'm signing out. Y'all have a blessed one. Bye-bye.